All right. Uh, Revelation, Revelation chapter 13. And I'd like to read the first eight verses of this. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name, which should have been translated names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. I wrote this. Whatever all these verses represent we may not ever completely understand in this life. But we can understand this. If it wasn't for God's electing love, everyone would be sold out to those who oppose God. That's the only thing that makes all the difference. And that's what's brought out in verse 8. To the natural man, all these things are quite inviting. There's nothing that the beast has that's not inviting to the flesh. It's very inviting to the flesh. The things that he does, I don't understand all I read here, but I understand this, that religion to natural man is quite inviting, and it is appealing, and it appeals to the senses, it appeals to the flesh, it appeals to everything but to the spirit, because it's dead and it can't be appealed to. Now the only thing that makes all the difference here is found in verse 8. The, the things that these people do, that the world does, that those whose names are not written in the book of life, if we just follow them down, they're following uh, the worst form, the most blasphemous form, the most ungodly form of anything in this world. Whether how this is interpreted, how we interpret it, how we look at it, whether it's past, present, future, or ongoing, is nothing here to Christ's church and to his people that is appealing. This entity, 
whether it and for a long time I wondered if this just wasn't natural man's religion this beast and everything represents it it's just natural man's inclination to religion but everything about it is blasphemous to God it does not honor God it does not honor God's son does not honor God's Holy Spirit does not honor the word doesn't honor God's purpose of grace doesn't honor any of his sayings it honors nothing about God and that's what these are doing they're not honoring to God and yet the whole world is following after them the uh, alternative to election is found here. The alternative to election is found in this passage of Scripture. The alternative to election is to follow the beast. The alternative to election is to follow um, the dragon. The alternative to election is to follow blasphemy. The alternative to election is to follow after everything that hates God. The alternative is listed here. Whether we understand exactly what everything means, that is the alternative. And wherever we go in the scriptures, the alternative to God being involved in our salvation is going to be found in this type of passage of scripture. Where people don't love God, where they are blasphemous, where they're after uh, things that appeal to the flesh. And I think what Paul said uh, when he said to uh, uh, Corinthians or Thessalonians, such were, and I think he could have put there, and it may be in the original, such were all of you. We read such were some of you. But I just, uh, Paul would be glad to say in, in our stead and in his stead, we are all in that boat. And we're all blasphemous by nature. And we're all away from God. And we're all looking to ourself. And we're looking for things that appeal to the eye, to the mind. Uh, Eve grabbed that piece of fruit and saw that it was appeal to her eye, appeal to her mind, and appeal to her desire to be wise. And that's what it is when we're in this religion. So it just says uh, there, there's the miracle here, some way of this beast uh, being wounded and then it was a deadly wound and it was healed and people make all kinds of uh, statements about the miracles of their religion the miracles that have gone on the, the, all of the things that are there that appeal to the flesh but this is the alternative to verse 8 in verse 8 we have there is only one thing that makes all the difference in the world and that it says, All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now that's the alternative. That's the cutting point. That's the line of demarcation. That's the separation between God and people. This is all that do not have their names written in the Lamb's book of life from the, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, they will follow after this without exception. And call it religion, call it their approach to God, call it their way to God, and it's the way of blasphemy because if we're not in the... Uh, uh, 
If we're not in God's love, if we're not in God's elective love, and we approach God with anything else, we just have the names of blasphemy to God. The word God should stand for something, and it only does to the church. The word G-O-D, capital G-O-D, only stands for something to the church. And that is, what he had to say is right, and what he does is right, and where he goes is right, and who he saves is right, and where he is is right. Everybody in the church agrees with that. Now, turn with me, if you would, over to the book of 1 Peter. Two or three verses here of just plain review. (laughs) Because the alternative to election is this. Following after the beast, following after lies, following after blasphemies, following after religion, following after self, following after miracles, following after the flesh. That is the alternative to election. In 1 Peter chapter 1, First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Peter is enumerating a group of strangers. He's sharing with us where they're located. And these strangers are strangers to this world. They've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of His dear Son. The alternative... To election is darkness. The alternative to election is away from God. The alternative to election is natural man. The alternative to election is following after blasphemies. That's the alternative. And if people come and say, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in election, the alternative is serious. There is no hope in it. There is no peace in it. And the alternative found in that passage of Scripture, notice here, these strangers scattered abroad, they're elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Now that makes the difference. The, there is no preservative but the electing grace of God. Nobody will be preserved from this. It goes rampant through the human race from the time of Adam. It is the fastest moving uh, sickness that has ever moved. It's worse than the. It's worse than the the most serious flu. Now we have three or four days of incubation with that. We're feeling fine. Don't even know we're going to get it. But with this. It's instantaneous travel through the entire human race. And the alternative to this position before God is elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. He must deal with it before it is started. He must have a, uh, a, a means of dealing with this terrible, terrible sickness before it was ever implanted in the human race. And that's why we find in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's the one that is giving the inoculation against all of this dreadedness. 
The alternative to God and to His Son and to elective grace is serious and it has traveled through the human race in an instantaneous moment when Adam ate that fruit. And every time a child is born into this world is passed that strain on with, with no holdback. There is nothing found. Doctors of the law have made every attempt to stop the strain that is traveling so quickly and so rapidly through the human race. And they proposed works, doctrine, baptism, Lord's Supper, all kinds of things. Even you must be in our church. And it hasn't stopped the strain at all. There is only one that can do that. And that's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. All the other things have been invented after it happened. Everything else has, that has ever been proposed took place after it happened. And after it happened, the man that brings it up is a, has a faulty mind. He can't deal with the issue. He's already got the flu. He's already sick. He's already got the problem. And to bring up these issues, these ways, these manners, these means, we're dealing with a serious problem and we're only proposing things by sick people. And God has already purposed how to do this. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit mentioned in this verse on how He takes care of His business. And this is the only alternative to following the beast. This is the only alternative to following uh, that dragon. The only one. He says here, uh, And uh, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. So this grace of God is exercised in his statement about how he takes care of us and how he's already prepared before the world began, already prepared for the calamity. Uh, you know, we just hear about that calamity, the great tragedy down. It's according to God's purpose. I recognize that. But there's a lot of suffering going on there. And there's, during the best of times... They don't even have an emergency room. During the best of times, they can't put up a building that will stand. Buildings fall, fell down in some of those countries, and it didn't have to take an earthquake to do it. Poor buildings, just poor building. Well, when it comes to our relationship to God, people have come up with some of the sorriest, sorriest ideas at the expense of God having a purpose before the world began and people just don't want that. That's the only alternative. It's a serious problem. And you read down through there in Revelation chapter 13, it is so serious because everybody is following after that except those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, turn with me if you would, another just... Plain refresher, right over here in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm only going to read a couple of verses in Ephesians, but this is the alternative. Election is the alternative to following the beast. Election is the alternative from following the dragon. Election is the alternative to following blasphemy. Election is the alternative to speaking lies and promoting that. 
This is the only alternative God ever gave. It is being elect before the foundation of the world and having names written down in the Lamb's book of life with the, the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. That's it. And if people... I was in that boat. I thank God that we don't send away our day of grace. <laughs> that we don't do so much that God will never deal with us. Because we would already have done that. And yet, because He has a purpose, He will not allow His people to be cast away. They will be brought in. Alright, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him. That's the alternative. The, what's left over is following all the other stuff. Following after lies and blasphemy. Having worship of the beast and the great dragon. And what all of that encompasses. Our worst enemy is our own invention. <laughs> what we think. Well, that's, that just really gets it. Read the Bible. Well, I think. <laughs> Whoa. We're fault, on faulty ground already. I think. Let's just... Well, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy is blasphemy or holy. Without blame or lies. Uh, that's the alternative. We're stuck in this. The strain went through the human race instantaneously in Adam. That's why the scriptures share with us. The Holy Spirit gave it to Paul to write in Adam all die. It just it went through like lightning. It's speed, it was worse than the speed of light. 186,000 miles per second. It covered the entire human race in that quick. And the alternative to that for eternity is God writing names down in the Lamb's book of life before the world began. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. The Lord Jesus, and, and we have people that model themselves after this, they went out two by two. The Lord sent out 70 people, two by two. That means two people went out. 35 groups, 35 doublets went out, preaching the gospel. <clears throat> they had something to say. That was important. They were preaching Christ. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget our friend Brother Lance talking about that guy down there in, in uh, New Guinea. While he's been away, a group went down there and tried to sow some, this guy's a leader, let's get him, then we got the whole tribe. And all he could say is, they said nothing about Christ. They said nothing about Christ. Well... I want to meet that man. <laughs> That's the kind of people we want to meet. Someone who says something about Christ. Before the foundation of the world, since the foundation of the world, and after the foundation of the world. I want to hear something about that Christ. All right. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, the Lord sent out 35 doublets. And they had success. Things went their way. They were preaching the gospel. And they came back with this 
wow, Lord, what a, what a mission trip we had. And it says right here, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy. Now that's what I find when I saw Lance. He came back with joy. <laughs> He's going to go back with joy. Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now they knew where their power was from. They made no mistake about that. Through thy name. Silver and gold I have none, but such as I have. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on on uh, serpents and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now that verse is not talking about us handling snakes. It's spiritual success. God's going to give his people spiritual success over all the enemies. The, the worst snake in the grass that walked the face of this earth is me. <laughs> Saul said, of Tarsus, I am the worst snake in the grass. And God's power through his word is able to overcome the greatest snakes. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. This is not the big issue. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This, this can't be removed. This can't be taken away. This is the alternative. This is the only way you'll be moved from the position that you're in. This is the only way that this great dreaded strain disease that has gone rampant through the human race can be changed and altered. And he does that by taking us out of the kingdom of darkness. He does that by giving us the new birth. I, I can't wait, since we've been doing a little uh, study on regeneration and a new birth, I just can't wait for someone to tell me that they got born again by being baptized. And I'm just going to say, is that how your father uh, treated your mom and that's how you were born? Threw a bucket of water in, his, in your mother's face? Oh, give us a break. That's not how people are born. And that's not how people are born again by having a bucket of water thrown in their face or by taking some elements of the Lord's Supper or being good. That's not how we got into this world to begin with. And that's not how we're ever going to get into the kingdom of God in the new birth. It's an act of God. All right. He said here, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This Lamb's book of life. Now, some somebody came along. I almost call him an idiot. I've never met him. But there's a, there's a song in our hymn book. And a lot of churches, they just sing that. There's a new name written in glory. Now, ooh, if you've ever stopped to think about that, that is so blasphemous. That is so full of lies that that is bad song and should be cut out. <laughs> X'd out. It's a, it's a terrible thing to even hum that. I, well, maybe we should get a good song that matches that tune. I don't know. <laughs> a new name written down in glory? That's blasphemy. 
That's lies. That's following after the beast. That is following after the serpent. That is following after the the worst of the worst because everyone whose names are not written in the book of life before the foundation of the world will follow after the beast and the serpent and everything that goes with it. And the only people that will ever, ever have a change of heart and mind about God are those he's written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the world began. Now, it's before we ever did any good or evil. (laughs) That's what brings up there in uh, Romans chapter 9. Before those children had done any good or evil, before they could do any good works or done anything that was recognizable as bad in the front of other people, God chose the youngest and wrote his name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's an eternal book with eternal names written from eternity. There wasn't a time that God wrote it down. It's always been. So it's blasphemy to say he put a new name. That means God changed his mind or God was changed. So his mind would write down a new name. Oh, I accepted Jesus, so he's going to write my name. No, 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 that's backwards. We trust Christ because our names are there. That's We find out our names are there when we trust Christ. They're there. And the worst of the worst, Saul of Tarsus, John Newton, Isaac Watts, William J., all these guys that... Robert Hawker, he says some things about himself before he was saved. He was a religious man, pastored a church who went through the form of it before God ever gave him the gospel. He was a blasphemer. Paul said, I was a blasphemer. What did he say? God can't do what he says he will do. God won't save Gentiles. He's already said he would. Saul says he won't. He's a blasphemer. Anytime we take our side against the word of God, we're a blasphemer against God. Thank God he protects us by putting our name in his book in eternity past and will not lose one. Now, turn with me, if you would, over to the book of Numbers. Numbers. I was going to read this whole account, but you will. You can. Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 13. This is the account... Uh, Moses sent in 12 spies into the land to just reconnoiter, reconnoiter. (laughs) They're the Lewis and Clarks. (laughs) They're to go in and spy out the land and see what it is and how good it is. And Moses already knew how good it was. He'd been already shown it was good. There are several in Israel that already knew how good it was. It was the land promised to Abraham. Now, Here in chapter 13, it lists the people that were chosen out of each tribe. Names them. Which tribe they're from. Who they represent. And they go in and they find out this is really a good land. I can't imagine one flock of grapes had to be carried by two men. Can you imagine that? I, I just, I've seen pictures of how people have depicted this. And they depict it with grapes this big. 
I think there were grapes like this. It was just a big cluster. <laughs> Can you imagine raisins that could be made out of that? <laughs> they carried it between two men, brought it back. It flowed with milk and honey. It was a good land. And ten of those guys came back and they blasphemed. And they lied. And they only, the only reason that everybody else in that camp that was over 21 years old agreed with them is that's how they had to come back with a report. They were following after the beast. And it didn't take any time at all. And those ten convinced the rest of the people, we can't do it. And there's two men. They're standing up says, we can do it. A lot of times, oh my goodness, how faithful Joshua and Caleb were to stand up against all of Israel and bring back this good report. Numbers 14.24 But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, the only reason God had given him another spirit two men came back out of ten and those two were the only ones over age 20 that went into the land and the rest all died in unbelief that's what it says in Hebrews Israel died in unbelief, except for two. Now, I don't know if they were like uh, Methuselah. He died just before the flood happened. Uh, appears that he knew the Lord, but he wasn't put in the ark in the sense that we Noah was. I think he was probably in the real ark. But he died just before it happened. Now, there may have been some people that died just before this happened. But when I read that, they drop like flies. That's not what it says, but they drop like flies. And in 38 years, all of that generation was gone. And the next generation come on, and there's a whole flock of them that got the same disease. They just get to go in as a picture. Second-born ones. They get to go in. All right, it says there, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully... Him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed also shall possess it. I've given him another spirit. He did the same thing for Joshua. And those two old men are the only ones that got to go into the land of promise because God had given them a faithful spirit. Right, going back to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. The description of the beast, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I had to say, Lord, take those pictures out that I saw in the charts. Wash them out, because that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about that. I don't know exactly. I read Robert Hawker, and he thinks that this is this. Different uh, period of time when Popery came on, I don't know. I think it's still here. I don't think it has to be just... I think it was in the Garden of Eden. I think it was in... Israel's time. This whole thing was there too. What all this means, I don't know. 
But I know this, that everyone whose name was not written in the book of life followed. And that's the alternative. Election is the only good alternative. Having our names written in the Lamb's book of life is the only alternative to this. We'll do this naturally. We'll follow this naturally. The intervention is election. Election according to the foreknowledge of God. That's the only intervention. Left to ourself, without God dealing with us, we'd be in this camp. It goes through and explains uh, great... Verse 4, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, and who's like unto the beast, and who's able to make war with him, and that were given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and powers given unto him to continue forty and two months. That's exactly the same amount of time that this church is hidden in the wilderness. Just put it in a different form. Until the Lord comes back. <laughs> He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God. God says, I have a people. And someone says, he doesn't have a people. And it's our choice. That's blasphemy. That's a lie. And the only way we'll ever change our opinion about it is when he gives us the new birth and we find out he's dealing with us before the world began. It uh, says there, uh, verse 7, It was given unto him to make war with the saints. Well, having the this system, or this being, or this item, or these people making war with the saints. What's it called? Saints. Made war with the saints. To be in that camp and to have war against us is much better off than being in the other camp. And following the beast. And not having your names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Boy, this war, just this is trivial compared to what the rest is. And uh, he's, he's given power over kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life. It's just going to be as natural as falling off a log. All will worship him. Started in Adam in the Garden of Eden went through the human race that quick. It hasn't been stopped by any human intervention or human means. And the only solution is the blood of Christ. And He only has that solution for those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then, if any man have an ear, let him hear. And the only way we get that is the Holy Spirit opens our ears. Job said, I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth you. Big difference. Big difference. We're going to stop there tonight, and we'll pick this up, Lord willing, next time. Election is good. It beats the alternative.